0: Episode seven. Here we are. Hello, everybody. Uh, We're in the middle of July already. I'm Eve Sturgis, and you're listening to my podcast, Everything's Relative, where we talk about all the ways that mail-in DNA kits are changing the world, uh, specifically, but how DNA surprises are affecting people. So welcome. Today, I'm going to play my uh, phone interview with Dick. It was the first time um oh you guys (laughs) it was the first time uh I'd ever used this new like online podcast phone technology um there's probably a cooler and easier way to say that but we had so many hiccups in the beginning my 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 there was something about plugging in my earphones into my computer to interview dick that made my music play and it was that it was oh my god it was um there's so much music on my on my computer, and it kept playing um, the thrift shop song, and <laughs> so I could hear it in my ears. Dick couldn't hear it, but um, it was just, like, total chaos, and we had to, like, stop and start so many times, so uh, I was so embarrassed, and I've been so stressed out for the past few months, thinking that the whole recording would have to be scrapped, but uh, it didn't. It was fine. It was great. The technology worked, despite um despite despite Macklemore coming on in uh every time we tried to talk so I'm so relieved that I get to play this episode for you now um so the sort of side story of all this is that one thing about me in real life uh or like not podcast related is that for the past year I have actually been traveling from Los Angeles to West Virginia every four to six weeks um, for non, non-podcast or DNA reasons. Um, although it is for family, so you could argue that I'm going for DNA reasons. But anyway, um, I thought that I, one time I was going out there and realized I'd have a little bit of free time. So I thought that I would just reach out on Facebook and see if anyone in the like NPE community was in or around or near this small town that I have to be in all the time and i found this man named dick so we keep in touch and we commiserate about our npe experiences and the growing culture of the npe world and we sort of share bits about our own lives um we haven't gotten actually to meet up in west virginia yet um but we're definitely planning on it and i'll be back out there in the fall so um yeah so i like i like having a friend out there and uh yeah we just sort of share little bits about each other um Dick is probably the nicest man in West Virginia, if not America. Uh, He has, he and his wife have therapy dogs that they take to hospitals. He tutors young people who want to take their GEDs. Uh, He volunteers his time to the NPE support group as an administrator. Um, So he helps like screen applicants and welcome them into the group. Uh, it's like every minute of his free time is spent being of service to others. Uh, And then he also spent some free time talking with me and sharing his story. So it's just a part of who he is, but uh, it felt important to get it down on tape. So let's get into it. Um, This is Everything's Relative. Uh, I'm Eve Sergis. This is my conversation with my friend Dick. Episode 7.
1: ...staying with her. Um, I, I have You're a younger brother and this. sister. And... Sorry,
0: I have to stop you. Um, we have to... <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Um, just start again with when your wife got you the test. Just say, oh. just start over from there. Okay. So, what got uh, yeah, you into I, uh, this? Um,
1: I got an ancestry DNA test for Christmas 2017 from my wife. She had seen me get very interested in genealogy. Um, my mother had had dementia for the last several years of her life. She passed away in October of 2017. Uh, mm-hmm. But my younger brother and younger sister, my only, my only two siblings, uh, took turns staying with her uh, for like 12-hour shifts until we finally uh, moved her to assisted living. But... Mm-hmm. She had no real short term memory left, but her long term memory was was very good. And she had eight brothers and sisters and she remembered all their names, middle names, birthdays, most of their children. You know, the long term memory was really good. And I think it made her feel good to be able to talk about something and know what she was talking about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That must have been so grounding for her.
1: Yeah, whatever level, you know, that she was aware that she was having memory problems. Uh, But, you know, then she couldn't remember that she'd had lunch 15 minutes ago. But uh, which is, again, a typical scenario. But so I I got into that and uh, I hadn't had a whole lot of connection with her family. They lived on the far eastern end of West Virginia and we're at the far western end. Mm -hmm. And we didn't go to the small town where she was from very often. I mean, in the pre interstate days, it was like a six hour drive. Right. So, uh, yeah. So I didn't really know too many of those. She said, well, you've, well, you've got three dozen first cousins, you know, but I, oh my gosh, she could name most of them, but yeah. Well, you know, eight brothers and sisters, right. two of them had 10 kids, 10 kids each. So, oh my gosh. yeah. Um, yeah, that'll do we, it. Um, but, yeah, and then on, on my father's side, my paternal grandfather had divorced, he and my grandmother had gotten a divorce in the early 40s, and he was totally out of the picture and never heard from again. And I didn't know a whole lot about, you know, the my father's family going back very mm-hmm. far, except on on his his mother's side, but not not his father's side. So those those were kind of mysteries, but. I didn't think know that much about the DNA test at the time. I never really would have done one on my own, but when my wife got me one, I did it. And did she uh, get one for herself? No. No. And she okay. still she still doesn't want to do one. <laughs> especially <laughs> especially now after what's happened with me.
0: Right. Watching uh, the worst case scenario go down.
1: Yeah. But um so I got the res I think I waited a little while after Christmas before I did it. So I got the results back I think in March of of 18. And, you know, I got the ethnicity thing That that is one of the things, you know, they advertise a lot, uh, mm-hmm. find out, you know, where your roots were. And they were pretty much where I expected England, Ireland, Scotland, Northern Europe, a little bit of Sweden, you know, mm-hmm. nothing surprising or, or earth shattering or anything like that. And then you get that list of DNA matches. And there's a whole okay. bunch of names that didn't ring a bell at all. You know, uh, I I couldn't figure out who these people were. I did have a uh, a great grandmother on my father's side who had been adopted, so I figured, mm-hmm. well, maybe some of those are, are her uh, family at, at some level. And right. uh, and and then again, there was some mystery about the the paternal grandfather. Maybe he had another family or other. You know, offspring after he disappeared from from our part of the world, but uh, yeah. but I just it, there were eight of my top ten were you know two of them were were my mom's side I recognized them, but eight of the top ten were just names I didn't know, and and uh, there were no nobody of my surname or my grandmother's surname, uh, paternal grandmother's surname, or you know maiden name whatever, and. Um, was so, it does, but I, I don't
0: know how the i don't know i'm sorry I interrupt oh, I don't okay. know how that the results sort of show up did it show that those those eight of the ten that you didn't recognize did it indicate whether they were on paternal or maternal side
1: no, no it doesn't indicate okay. but um okay. but again you know i i recognized definitely okay. recognized two of the people on on mom's side and uh so I figured the other eight had to be. You know, on my father's side, and and uh, right. but I was just I, I was thinking just with so many
0: cousins. Yeah, I was just thinking with so many yeah. cousins that that I would have just been like, "Well, I don't know everybody and who's married to who."
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I asked. I asked my mother. I think no, no, I didn't. I'm mm. sorry. Take, cut. No, that that's not right because she she had passed already by the time I took the test. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, but I was asked asked a few of the relatives I knew, and they didn't know. You know. On, mm-hmm. on mom's side they they didn't recognize those names, so um so anyway, I just went along like that for a few months, which is i I kind of get the feeling now, and with twenty twenty hindsight, maybe I knew there was something up because that's not me, you know when
0: mm-hmm. when I had
1: cancer you know i I tried to get every word I could find about it, know exactly what could happen, what you know what would happen mm-hmm. if you know uh, just be as educated as possible, and this is like I. Well, I just threw up my hands. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So, hmm. uh, the the big thing that happened was a distant cousin on my mother's side contacted me through the ancestry messaging system, and said, "You know, this is who I am. You match me. You match my grandmother. You match my great uncle." Again, this is on my mom's side, and. Right. Um, you know, and I do, a. Lot, and she says, uh, and I'll give you her first name because she's an angel. You know, she became my search angel. a uh, second cousin, three, three times removed, I'd never heard of, lives in New yeah. Mexico. And, uh, but her name's Amber. And she's, I can't thank her enough for what she ended up doing for me. But, uh, so she said, if you would please download your DNA. And she told me how to do it all and uh, from Ancestry and upload it to those other three family tree DNA and my heritage and the GED match or GED match, however you say that. Uh She said, I do, I do things like uh, DNA painting, tracing, which parts of which chromosomes come from, which ancestors. I mean, she's really into it. I think she's entirely self-taught at this, but um, so I said, yeah, I'll do that. And then my ADD kicked in and I didn't really do that because i It was kind of, again, maybe subconsciously staying away from it all, but several months later, maybe not until like November or December, I think I finally downloaded and uploaded and all that and told her it was out there. And she told me how to look at some of the compares on those sites. And at one of the matches or one of the sites, there's my niece, uh, Mm -hmm. my brother's youngest daughter. And she had found she had done a 23 and me test that, you know, you can upload either time to, uh, to, I think this was at GED match. And, uh, so I messaged Amber and I said, well, you've got another distant cousin you can work with there. You know, this matches and told him, told her who, uh, who it was. And then the fateful day arrived, December 28th, Amber messages me and says, uh, um, when we were still messaging through the ancestry mm-hmm. system and, and, she said, I've got some news for you and it, it's going to be upsetting. And I said, okay, I said, why don't we become Facebook friends here? We can message easier. So we did. And, uh, mm-hmm. she said, well, you and your niece only match at a thousand centimorgans, (cms), which uh, another mm-hmm. term that's become ingrained in me. And right. uh, and I said, okay, what does that mean? And she said, well, an uncle niece should match at about eighteen hundred on average, and at least thirteen hundred. And I said, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> you yeah. know, and the baby, baby the steps here, Amber. Yeah, and uh, she's like, well, you know, that means that one of your parents was not your biological parent because your niece has DNA from both of them through your brother, but you only have DNA from one. That's why the match isn't there. And it's got to be your dad because I match you on your mom's side. Right. And i uh, like, oh boy, you know, how how on earth could that be? You know, I uh, my parents were married six years before I was born. Mm-hmm. You know, they really, really, really were trying hard to have a child. Uh, we think what my sister has told me think that maybe mom had a miscarriage or two along the way there but when I was born they named me after everybody I have two middle names you know (laughs) they tried to cover all the male name bases there because they weren't sure they'd ever get another one maybe right so you're the oldest I am the oldest my brother came along two years later and they totally made up his name (laughs) you know or at least there's nobody with either of his first or middle name in our family. So i would used them all. And then my sister five years after that. So, yeah. So, okay. So what do we do now, Amber?
0: <laughs> right. uh, you know, yeah, I, said, wow. I,
1: I, I kept, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: I was going to say, how did you, were you able to process the, the suggestion at the time?
1: Well, I was, I was kind of numb, but, You know, I've I've always been really interested in, in data and, and, you know, and thinking logically as, you know, with the computer science degree, did a lot of programming and database design and things like that. And so I'm like, okay, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the truth here. Just, just tell me what's, what's the truth. And she said, I can uh, take your matches and do what do they call them, mirror trees and things like that and, and put together a scenario, you know, to see who your biological father was. Okay. You know, and, and right. she, told, she told me a little bit about wow. what so she, she was doing. She went along.
0: She even knew what to do. Like, I wouldn't even know where to start.
1: She had found both of her grandfathers were not, um, you know, who they should have been or whatever. Oh, um so she had some experience at that she's worked with a a cousin who was adopted i think and and uh you know she she had done this a lot just just totally like i say just as an amateur search angel for people but um and i i I think i thanked her every 10 minutes for everything she was doing (laughs) she probably got tired of seeing that but um so over the next few weeks she looked and worked and whatever and came back with a name for me. And it was a man named Emmett. And, um, well, he obviously he, he passed away. I'll I'll go ahead and give his, his name is (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. and, um, So we're looking into who he was and he passed away nine months after I was born at age 29. Um, Yeah. He had, he had a heart attack basically. And I was able in West Virginia, they've got a lot of old death certificates on the vital statistics stuff on the, you know, at the state level. So I found his Mm -hmm. death certificate and he had had rheumatic fever as a child. Like at age nine, and that's mm-hmm. that's a disease you don't hear much about anymore. It it went away with right, a lot of better, heart with a lot of better antibiotics and things. So, but it had damaged his heart, and and uh, and he died then. At, like I say, at age twenty nine. So, I've, I've got that information now. I think maybe that was a week or two after after that December twenty eighth date. So I go to tell my brother and sister everything now. And, um, I'm telling them the story and I talk about Emmett and I said, he was married to a woman named Ruby. And my sister says, is that Ruby? And gives me another last name than the one I had for, but I looked and I said, well, that was who she married after Emmett, you know, after Emmett died. And she said, well, mom stayed in touch with her for, you know, until she passed away about eight years ago. So, you know, the plot thickens and, and come to find out uh-huh. that Ruby is also the sister of a woman that married one of my mom's brothers. And they, they were one of the ones that had 10 kids there. Oh. So there was there was definite connection. And, and come to find out, Ruby was my mom's best friend, really, growing up in their in their smaller town than the than the small town that all this took place in. And um so, you know, and it ends up Emmett and Ruby were married the year after my parents and lived there in the same town. And a matter of fact, lived a block away. Emmett had been, I think, a year ahead of my father at the high school there. And, um, you know, the, so they definitely knew each other and did things together and that kind of thing. So somehow... And and the big thing that's missing and the big neon letters that kept flashing in my brain is like, why, 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 you know, at at the point of my conception, you know, Emmett and Ruby have been married for five years. My parents had been married for six. It wasn't like anything that happened at the start of a, you know, or a break in a relationship or anything. So that big why is missing.
0: And there's no one to talk to.
1: No one to talk to. No. Emmett's, uh, like I say, Ruby's gone. Emmett's gone. His his siblings are gone. There were a couple nieces that were not even teenagers when he died. But then my sister says, well, Ruby had a daughter, and um, let's call her C, uh, Mm -hmm. because she is living. And she's. why don't you contact her so i contact her and she said well i was always told that i was emmett's daughter he's on my birth certificate even though i was born the year before he and ruby got married and i so she said i'll bet we're half siblings and i said well would you take a dna test if i paid for it and she said i will but you know i'm I'm sure we're half siblings and i said i'm not believing anything without, you know, for a while here. And, and so she took the test and she is not. Oh. She is not Emmett's daughter. So I had to give her the news that Amber oh gave me and, said, and say, yeah, so here I didn't even know what an NPE was and I had my own event and then I had to convey the news to cause somebody else's event, you know, within. Oh, no. Within three months. But there there was a kicker on, on uh, C's test. I said, you do have a half-sister that I think you don't know about. Uh-huh. And uh, we'll call her G. And uh, by the time I told C about this, I'd already talked to G and found out that she had been Ruby's daughter, like two years after three years after Emmett died, Ruby wasn't mar- remarried or anything. So she gave her up for adoption. Oh, and OK. G knew G knew about that and had tried contacting Ruby about 20 years earlier. G is now 58, I think. C is 68. Mm-hmm. And uh and she tried contacting Ruby through a social worker. And Ruby said, well, I really, nobody in my family, you know, I did all this in secret and, and nobody knows I had you. I really don't want any contact. I'll give you any medical information you want about your family. And, uh, but I prefer you not contact me again or, or my daughter. And G lived up yeah. to that. But but once I called her, you know, I was managing uh, C's DNA test at ancestry. Once mm-hmm. I, once I called her, she said, well, tell C I would love to have a relationship. I'd like, you know, let her know about me. And, and they ends up, they live an hour and a half apart. Aww. And, uh, and so the next, the day after I visited, say so we had a, this is about six hours away from us, but we had just, again, totally coincidental. We had planned a trip there for a, for a dog training conference. And, oh, yeah. In March.
0: In the same area.
1: Yeah. Same area. So I uh, one day I went to see C and told her everything. I was lucky enough to be able to tell her in person and sat there and held her hand and told her, you know, what I had to tell her and about mm-hmm. and about G and said, I'm going to be having lunch with G tomorrow. Can we call you after lunch and I'll introduce you to. And she said, yeah, you know, right. she was really in shock. Although C has told me now several times. I'm, I'm really glad to know the truth. You know, she felt like I did. And so the next yeah. so I had lunch with G the next day and we called her and, uh, and they, they had a nice talk and she said, you know, can you come visit this weekend? And, uh, and G couldn't actually, they have not met yet in person just due to some health and, and work concerns, but, but they still plan to obviously.
0: Mm-hmm. But, uh
1: but so that, you know, that's kind of the thing that makes me feel good about this at some point. It's like, well, yeah, you know, I don't know why and this upset the apple cart. And I feel got that feeling all of us NPE folks seem to have that, you know, we that our sense of self has been disrupted at the very least. And right. uh, but I, I do have that kind of good feeling that C and, and G, you know, are going to meet just because of what mm-hmm. happened with me. And, and the one other fun part is that C and G and I are very distantly related on the order of about 15 or 20 CMs there. So it's not like I have no reason, you know, to ever see them again or talk to them again. Now now they're, you know, they're distant cousins too. We haven't figured out exactly what the tree look like looks like that connects us. But, uh, but yeah, so that's, that's, that's fun. the whole that's yeah, the whole convoluted story, and it, it's, um, you know, I, I'm still assimilating all this. I'm getting some therapy uh, to deal with all this, and I know you, you're in favor of that, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it, it, again, it just it disrupts your sense of self. I told somebody it would be like if you woke up tomorrow and one of your legs was like an inch or two longer than the other one. You know, you'd be able to do what you needed to do, but you'd never feel normal again.
0: Right, just it, a little it, uh, like disorienting. Yeah,
1: yeah. It and and a few people that I've told the story to. I've told some former coworkers and some and some relatives. You know, they say, "Well, everybody's gone. It's not like you have to. You know, you didn't inherit any new siblings. You didn't have to deal with telling your your." Um, father that raised you, you know, that he's not your biological father, everything, you know, he's been gone for, for 23 years. And, and as I said, my mother, 18 months and, and the the biological father, like I say, when I was nine months old, and I find myself at times wondering, did he even ever hold me, you know, just because he was a friend of my, of my parents, you know, my. Right. Yeah. And, uh,
0: man, so it's, you didn't inherit you didn't inherit a, a lot of things that people are referring to but you inherited like so many questions that you can't get an answer to
1: yeah yeah i mean look. i think
0: you're the first person that can't even i don't i don't even know how to describe it like you just you're just you're the last you're the last line <laughs> of the of the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I
1: have, I have spoken to a gentleman who is 90 and still lives in that town and was my father that raised me. He was my, his best friend in high school. Mm -hmm. And he also knew Emmett because he was there in high school too. And it ended up, they were in the JCs together there in that town and they were in the Elks club together. And, uh, and this man said, you know, I remember Emmett. He was a fine young man. And and I've read his obituary also. And he did a lot of good things and was very active and that kind of thing in, in charities and and, and organizations. And I keep saying he sounds like a great guy, except he was married and he got <laughs> another a married woman pregnant. But, you know, uh, <laughs> and uh, but, but.
0: Right. And there's no way to know if that was even an arrangement they all knew about. Yeah. Or something. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Um, But this guy, the 90 year old friend said, you know, he said, I just couldn't imagine any, any reason why that would have happened. You know, he just said, like, your parents Mm -hmm. were like the best people I ever knew. And I can't imagine that anything like that happening or any reason it Mm -hmm. would have. So there's, you know, that, that that, it happened, but nobody knows why.
0: Right. And I'm sure you have come up with all the reasons. Yeah. All the. So,
1: yeah. I mean, I mean there, yeah. I. One, one exercise my therapist has had me do is kind of, I wrote a letter to, well, first to my, my dad's, the dad that raised me, his mother, because I was really mm-hmm. close to, to her as my, as my grandmother. Mm. I was the first grandchild. We lived there two years, shared a house with them before we moved away have one, you know, the dad that raised me graduated from college. And, um, so I, that hurt really that hurt more than anything else was thinking that I wasn't related Mm -hmm. to, her, even for all, I've still got all Mm. the memories and everything and her husband, you know, was her second husband was not my blood relation grandfather, but he couldn't have been a better grandfather and uh you know so i know that but it's still it just still really hurts and uh to to think about that loss of of you know physical you know blood or dna connection and um sure but it just it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense my sister is groping for straws somewhat thinking that well maybe there was an RH factor conflict and, you know, because of the miscarriages, maybe they were just trying to have a, a successful pregnancy or something, which, you know, there, there's maybe a chance of that, but I, you know, kind of amateur sperm donor kind of thing. I'm, you -hmm. know, in the fifties, I'm not sure how that, how that would have worked.
0: Yeah, no way to know. So when you told your brother and sister about all of this, um, how did they feel about it?
1: Well, they, they didn't want to believe it. I mean, they, they just said there has Uh to be a mistake, which I know that's a lot of, a lot of people's reaction to. And, and um, I told my wife, I said, I don't want to hear, you know, anytime in the future, I don't want them to think, well, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. And I would keep hearing that. So I did a 23 and me test just to try and confirm things. And that's, You know, that's where my niece had had tested originally and and ended up my brother tested there, too, because she my niece got him one for for uh, Christmas that year also. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we did matches as half siblings, not as full siblings. And uh, so that that really confirmed things. And he has Mm -hmm. matches people with, you know, the right last name that, that I'm missing. So, uh, so that that confirmed things. I never had to hear that again. And, and the other thing I told them both, I said, "Now you know, obviously this means genetically we're half brother, half sister relationship." I said, "I'll never say half again in in your presence because you know you're my brother, you're my sister." I said, mm-hmm. "You know, I'm a- yeah, I relate to that. Yeah, I'm on I'm on groups and discussion boards and stuff on the on Facebook and." And, you know, that's, that's the discussion there, but, but not, you know, when you're just talking about genetics, but you're my brother, you're my sister, yeah, your kids are my niece and nephew. It's not never going to be the half thing again. And that's, and that's been the case. We're not terribly, terribly close. They both live in the area here. And, uh, you know i don't they see each other a lot more than i see either of them just because my sister's husband and my brother both work at the same place oh but, um, yeah that'll do yeah. it but um but you know i'm i'm very satisfied with their response they've been very supportive we we got together for something recently and they never even mentioned it and and which was wonderful because it wasn't about me that of what we were there right. for you know it doesn't have to be talked about every time we get together.
0: Yeah, that, I think that's a good feeling.
1: But um, kind
0: of, like everyone's, it's settled in.
1: Yeah, um, trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to wanted to convey. I mean, that's that again. That's pretty much it. The, the, this letter writing process. I, I wrote a letter to my mother. You know that, that what I would say to her, mm-hmm. and I tried to express that if. You know, if you had told me I was I, I I found that I was really mad at her not for what she did, but just that she didn't tell me of the possibility. Right. You know, and when I wrote the so letter to my Yeah. And I you know, if you had told me and asked me not to tell anybody, I wouldn't have. You know, now mm-hmm. but you didn't tell me anything. And now now that I know it's my story. And, you know, and I I really, I'm, I'm free to do what I want with it, not out of spite or anything, but just trying to find if there is anybody who has a clue.
0: Yeah.
1: So, but then the letter I wrote to my biological father was, I was, it it came across, I was really bitter and and mad at him just for what he did. And I know Mm -hmm. it takes two to tango, but, you know, Mm -hmm. it just, that obviously I wouldn't have ever have known him, you know, there was no opportunity right. since, since he died so young, but, um, but that, again, just talking to them both abstractly, I was more upset with him for, for what happened, what happened, you know, you've messed up my life kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, but I'd say, sure, well, you can't yeah. help
0: your feelings. It sounds like the letter writing process has been helpful.
1: It it really has. My really my wife first kind of suggested it and then the the therapist thought it was a good idea too and I and I got, you know, it, it I write it and I I it seems like I throw a lot of facts in there and then I I go back and and put in feelings. And then I never I, it's like I don't really, you know, break down and, and let my emotions out until I'm reading it out loud, which, <laughs> which is, it's, it's kind of an, a, an interesting process. I'm learning a lot about myself through all this, not just what my, you know, what's written on my chromosomes, but, but, uh, oh, sure, but it, it's really been, it really leads you to question, you know, how much that the, the nature nurture thing you know, uh, my, my father was a civil engineer and, and, um, you know, and I was really inspired to get a college degree and have a professional career, uh, because of that. My, my the father that raised me, you know, um, yeah, Emmett, yeah. I think was, a, was a, he was a bank teller. He had gone to college for two years, but was a bank teller and, and part-time bookkeeper for the bank. And, uh, you know, I, I just wonder if I, I've seen one picture of him. The uh, C gave mm-hmm. me one of one of the pictures she had. She said, you can have all my pictures because if he's not my dad, I don't need them anymore. And, and she. Oh, wow. She, well, well, she was seven when he died. And a lot of those years, she said, actually, she spent with her grandmother, her mother's mother
0: mm-hmm.
1: for for whatever reason. and. Uh, so she offered me, and I, she had three pictures of him and I only took the one that was just him because the other two had her mother. In. Mm-hmm. But
0: So, wow. So did, so just from a, just to clarify the timeline mm-hmm. between C and G, she, Ruby had one baby that she was raising and then she had another child that she gave for adoption. Yes. Or the other way around.
1: Yep, She had C and then, you know, and then married Emmett the next year. And then Emmett died six years later. And she still had, you know, still had C there. And, and, uh, although, like I say, some Mm -hmm. of those years she wasn't actually with, with her and Emmett, but then three years later, she had G before she had, before she remarried and she gave G up for adoption, and then actually, mm-hmm. then she did remarry about a year later and had a boy, and uh, kept kept him. You know, that was with the second husband. And um, so, so actually, I, so just I, I,
0: questions I, and mysteries everywhere. Yeah,
1: yeah. G found out who her who her biological father was, but we're. Uh, I, I want to mention Amber my, my search angel. Thank you again, Amber. And, <laughs> uh, and my, uh, and I are trying to find C's. Thank you, Amber. Yeah. Trying to find C's father, you know, cause she doesn't know still we're, we're having, we're not having a whole lot of luck getting matches and things, but, um,
0: uh, huh.
1: but, you know, we're, we're trying to find that. And I, and, and that's kind of become a, a, a real quest for me. I, you know, if I, if I gave her the news and ask her to take the test and then gave her the news that took away who she thought her father was, I'm going to try and find out who, who he was. But Amber's doing all the, all the real work on it, I think.
0: (laughs) Wow. So does the only way that it will work to find that, to find her father, sees father is if people from his lineage have Submitted stuff to one of these companies.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's going to have to okay. be a, a close a close match. We haven't got any matches closer than second cousin, I think, and not many of those. Okay. And uh, and um, and um, actually, Amber thinks there may be an NPE at work somewhere in in the matches we've gotten. You know that that, that they're that they may not be aware of or something the trees and the DNA right. maybe don't match, but, uh, but yeah, that's, mm. yeah, I just, I, you know, I, I really want that to happen for her. Cause she mm. was, she was an, I told her when I asked her to do the test, I said, no matter how it comes out, I'm going to come, I'm going to come meet you. And, you know, when we're in the area there and, and, uh, and get to know you, whether you're my half sister or not, cause I talked to her on the phone four or five times, I think over that period. And, and, uh, and, and you know, she's a sweet person and, and, uh, and I want her to, you know, I want her to have some peace in her and her sense of self too.
0: That's really nice of you. I think that's important to remember that everybody involved in this, in these scenarios are human mm-hmm. um, and, and that we want connection so badly
1: yeah the the groups on the internet are just amazing some of the stories and and uh of course most of them are dealing with living you know ramifications of the of the mpe event and um right but it's it it, it's just neat to be in a in groups where you can be there for people and and just listen and and understand and you know and, and as if there's something that you can relate to, you can offer a little advice or, or comfort or whatever's called for. But, uh, but it's just, you know, we, we all know how, how you, we feel and, and not many people do.
0: Yeah, no, it's in a totally amazing sort of phenomenon to be experiencing something so isolating, but then discover how many other people are experiencing it as well. So it's yeah. sort of like no one understands and yet more people than you expect understand. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what the I've seen people guess what the percentages might be of, of how many actually existed or somebody in one of the groups one day said just what exactly was going on, you know, in the fifties and sixties. Right. And, <laughs> and I said, well, what's going on is the same. What was going on is the same thing that's going on now. Just nobody talked about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> No, I think you're right.
1: And if you know, people were afraid right. of it getting out, and that's why you know that a person like Ruby would go away and and have a have a child and give it up for adoption, and and I think hardly anybody in her family knew. Yeah. But
0: um, yeah, so much secrecy.
1: Yeah, so much secrecy, shame. You know, yeah. and, and 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 a lot of us us NPE type folks feel get or get fingers pointed at us and all we do is just say this is all i, I found this out you know i didn't cause right. them to do anything i didn't arrange my conception or whatever the, there's a lot of messengers yeah. being shot in our world here i think you know uh, figuratively
0: yeah no i think you're right people don't know where to put their um it's like confusion that turns into anger or something and then they don't know where to put it, so they put it at the person that's saying it out loud. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I love hearing that you are trying to be kind of be of service to people, and you're already a, a person that really likes to be a part of the community and help out. And it sounds like you're finding a way to to use those those traits. Um,
1: well, with your new, well, I mean, your
0: newfound information too.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, what, why wouldn't you, I, I know how, I know how much it hurts. I know how, mm-hmm. how strange the feeling is, you know, it, it goes from pain to just a lasting feeling of, of difference. You know, I, I, in, in a post a couple of weeks ago, I said, you know, that on December 28th, I, from then on, I didn't, I don't feel like I used to feel. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's hard to convey that, but when people that have gone through it, they don't have to convey it to us. We, you know, we know we've, we've been there. We're, we're, we're going to mm-hmm. be there. I, you know, I, I mentioned I had cancer, you know, thank God for a great surgeon. It was, it was removed 14 years ago and it was cured, it, but it could, mm-hmm. it could have killed me. This isn't going to kill me, but it can't be cured. Right, you know, it's it, it, it's a weird. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want anybody that's had cancer to to jump on me for saying that, but it's you know, I've had both, and one you know, one's a lot worse than the other, but but that one was found early and was cured, and and this one can't be, mm-hmm. been, and this one's found late. I mean, you know, sixty two years late. <laughs> right.
0: Right. That's a. Yeah, no, I think that's a great way to look at it.
1: I want that great way. Hope, yeah, I hope I said that well because again, I don't want to give the wrong impression. I
0: think you did. I nobody jump on <laughs> Um
1: I'll
0: defend you. I understood what you meant.
1: Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah, you, you, you know, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I do know. <laughs>
0: I do know. Well. This is, a, this is so great. I'm so glad that we finally got to connect. Um, you know, Listeners don't know this, but Dick and I have been sort of in conversation for um, a few months now mm-hmm. just because I was interested to know who might be in West Virginia because I have to go there um, every four to six weeks. And I thought, well, there's another place I can look around yeah. and um, connected with Dick. And it's been really great. So I've been wanting to get him on tape for a while. And, uh, we finally did it mm-hmm. and it was a few hiccups there in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I think this one's going to work. I'll let you know, okay. Dick, if we have to do this again. <laughs> um,
1: that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's therapeutic talking about it. Every time I talk about it, I think, you know, it, it helps, but, uh, <laughs> Oh, it, 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 Eve, it's great to finally, uh, obviously I've heard your voice before, but uh, on the other episodes, but, uh, but it's nice to talk to you and, and, uh, we, we do have to get together, uh, when next time you're back, um, there are three others in Huntington here that I know of two of them. I know personally (laughs) that I think.
0: Yeah. I remember you mentioned that once we were talking, I just yeah, like, uh, I mean, it's something to do with small towns, uh-huh. but it also has to do with just how common this is. Yeah. Can't wait to to meet everybody.
1: Yeah. We'll, um, yeah all right. Let well, us know, let us know when you're coming, and I'll get I'll get as many of them together as I can, and and we'll you know we'll get together for dinner or something, and and uh, have just our own little NPE table there. <laughs>
0: yeah, that'd be so fun. I um I'll be back in the right. fall. Well, thank you so this much. This was a great way to end my week and begin my weekend and um hope you have a nice weekend. I heard thunderstorms. I hope you guys get some nice yeah, weather.
1: I think it's, I think they're over for now. I got a lot of mowing to catch up on, but uh, yeah. Oh, okay. But, uh, but yeah, thank again. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I hope, you know, we didn't collide talking too much there that you have to do a lot of, a lot of editing, but uh you know, it's it's weird i I hosted a podcast for a little while about martial football and and uh and mm-hmm. you know i have tried to watch my pauses and things, but here I was the one on the other end of the questions here, and you know some required a little thought or choosing the right word or whatever but i hope I hope it's not too hard to edit.
0: no, I think it's gonna be fine, and you know um part- part of this podcast for me is that it just has to be imperfect, like we're just trying to have a conversation and sometimes people talk over each other. So I'm sure it'll be great. Uh, I will let you know as soon as um, I know when it's going to be up.
1: Okay. Eve, thank you so much. Appreciate it.
0: All right. Thanks, Dick. Have a great great weekend.
1: Mm -hmm. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: I think when I think back on what I've got so far, um, that I have, I've got a few people on the podcast who have, like very few places to go to get their questions answered or very few people to answer their questions um but it feels like dick was the first person i talked with who just has nowhere to turn (laughs) like no one to ask um and like i picture him standing with his face like right up against a brick wall and i just it's got to be so frustrating i can't even imagine it um Or, you know, and every story has its facets of frustration or victory. And, um, there's lots of things frustrating about getting the answers. Sometimes they're not what you want, but, but the unknown is just such a difficult place for the human condition to stay in. Um, but of course Dick is taking it in stride and I just love the way he's staying busy and (laughs) the way he uses his experience to help others, uh, he's just a great guy. Just what a guy. I'm so glad I got his story. Um, yeah. So, so here we are just a small reminder that I am basically on maternity leave right now, but you can keep up with all things related to the podcast by following us on social media, Facebook and Instagram are both at everything's relative podcast. Come find me. Uh, And if you want to tell your own DNA story or have questions or comments, go ahead and send me a message. My email is eve at everythingsrelativepodcast.com. And that is it for this week, you guys. I'll see you in 14 days for episode eight. Thanks for coming along with me on this adventure. Uh, And I hope your summer is going great. Bye-bye. Everything's Relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Kaylin Egan and Eve Sturgis. Eve Sturgis is a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California, but the conversations she has on the podcast are not therapy sessions. Logo design by Ivy McNally and music used with permission by Goodbye the Band.